Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Danny Cannell, Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, and Tom Fernelli. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. It is Bowl Season Daily. Happy Thursday morning to you and yours. It is New Year's Eve. Pop that socially distanced bubbly. Uh, you know, enjoy the the strange virtual uh, in, in, in whatever enjoyment you got going on, uh, I hope it is safe and I hope it is happy. We do have uh, for your bowl season daily uh, three games on the slate for the 21st. Unfortunately, we do not have the Texas Bowl as our nightcap. No Arkansas TCU. So you can whether you know whatever whatever your New Year's Eve television of choice is. Maybe maybe you're still watching the MTV New Year's Eve, right? Like shout out to our Viacom partners right What's there. Carson Daly up to yeah. Right now? <laughs> Maybe you're watching Carson Daly's uh, MTV New Year's Eve with Blink 182 playing at halftime to ring in the year the 2000. TRL Studios. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but you'll you'll have that opportunity. We don't have football, but. We've got uh, Mississippi State and Tulsa is going to be your noon game. We are on CBS with the Arizona Bowl, Ball State and San Jose State. And then uh, the afternoon game will be the AutoZone Liberty Bowl from Memphis, West Virginia and Army. Let's start with the Armed Forces Bowl, Tulsa, Mississippi State. The just killer, killer defensive battle uh, that we've got right here. And the over-under is set at 45. Right now we're looking at a line that is like Tulsa's slight favorite. This Mississippi State team did not did not win many games. Like three and seven team going up against the runners up in the American Athletic Conference. But Tulsa also has not been a team really built to score a whole bunch of points either. I mean, am I just being too lazy to walk into this and just think it's going to be just exactly what we'd want in terms of uh, all the ingredients for a good under to sweat out to start my December 31st? No, I feel like this, they, they misscheduled this game. This game should be played tomorrow morning. This is like the game that you're supposed to wake up on New Year's Day. Hungover. Kind of cloudy, hungover, yeah. just kind of groggy, turn it on. And the, the game looks exactly the way you feel. <laughs> So, yeah, I think this is going to be, I mean, I'm not expecting this to be a high scoring fun kind of affair, although there is a somewhat kind of concern because like it is a Mike Leach team and you never know, maybe Mississippi State's offense has finally figured things out and they get things going and they just take off against this Tulsa team that will be without Zayvon Collins. But like if you listen to Mike Leach at press conferences, he's been he's hasn't been shy the last few weeks. Shocking, I know. Mike Leach is not being shy, sharing his opinions. 
but he's been saying, you know, he's like, the season sucked. He's hated every part of the season. He's like, they've ruined the season by not just letting us do whatever the hell we want with these kids at any time we feel like it. And he says it sucked the joy out of it. So I think Mike Leach is probably at a position where he just wants to get this season done with. I think that if you look at the roster, what they've dealt with and the quote unquote, the purge, I wouldn't be surprised if whoever's left on that roster just wants to get the season done with. And if you're Tulsa, you know, you're coming in, you're ranked, you don't have your best player on defense, but you were a very good team in the American Athletic Conference, and you're presented with an opportunity to finish your season with a win over an SEC team. Granted, it's not a good SEC team, mm. but it is an SEC team. So as far as motivation goes, I'm leaning towards Tulsa here, but as far as the total goes, I think the safest play I'm with you is I would probably go under because again, this is, these are not two very exciting offenses and they haven't really been at any point this year, except for like that first game of the year against LSU. And Tulsa, like, they, they absolutely are in a, they post to be sec type position. Like it, it does not matter that Mississippi state is only three and seven. They are an sec team. They would love to be able to boast about this. Philip Montgomery started the season on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden he's got this team playing for an American athletic conference championship, playing it close against Cincinnati. They only lost that game by a field goal got a great defense, which is very much against what we had come to expect. Montgomery had a 10-win season early in his tenure, came in as an offensive coordinator from Baylor. So we were thinking wide open offense, but uh, I I think the stories have been more encouraging and uplifting from Tulsa. Uh, I think that there is definitely a motivation angle for Tulsa, but the, the side that I want absolutely without a doubt is going to be on the under. Yeah, because like if you look at their offensive performances on the season, they put up 34 points against UCF, but UCF's not a very good defense. They put up 42 against USF. USF's a horrible defense. They put up 34 on ECU. ECU is a bad defense. Like they've had good games against bad defenses offensively. Just when they run into good or above average defenses, they haven't. And this is a Mississippi State team, which been good defensively all year long. So yeah, I, I think the under is the smartest play here. It's it's probably you know honestly, it probably won't get all that uncomfortable. Uh, and and if, if it does, they'll probably be done by the second quarter. You know what I mean? You'll know quick. Hey, how about uh, in Zaven Collins with his penchant for pick sixes? It's almost like he's worth a point or two on the total, not mm -hmm. having him out there because he does a good job for scoring uh, for Tulsa as well. Two o'clock. That will be the time. Tom, you're going to be 145. CBS yep. Sports HQ, cbssportshq.com. Catch it on your mobile app. If you're streaming the game, which you can do on the CBS Sports mobile app or on cbssports.com, Tom will be on the pregame show. San Jose State and Ball State, the, a pair of conference champions. They're having awesome seasons. You know, Ball State having uh, the most amount of success, first outright conference championship since the 90s, being led by a former Ball State quarterback. A lot of good sort of, uh, you know, I think – our old colleague, Tony Moss, is probably through the roof uh, with, with what Ball State is doing right here. San Jose State, great story with Brent Brennan. They had to bail uh, from the, the county because of some of the restrictions just to be able to get the season started. Had a little bit of a traveling road show, and now the Spartans are in a position to finish the season undefeated for the first time since before World War II. San Jose State, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite here, over, under, around 64. You were on Ball State against Buffalo. You definitely sniffed that one out. You were also on Boise State against San Jose State. So what have we learned about both these teams? 
<laughs> what I've learned is I'm yet to be right on a San Jose State game yet this season. This is, I mean, the Spartans are, are had a terrific season. They're they're undefeated. You said it. They won the Mountain West. Uh, Brent Brennan was in line for the Arizona job, or he was mentioned for the Arizona job, but he's coming back, so that's good for San Jose State. Nick Starkle, kind of like based on what we'd seen from Nick Starkle at previous stops in his career before he ended up out west, wasn't wasn't too optimistic about his chances with this offense, but he's played really well. And this is a team, you know, they've, they've won every single game. It's just when I watch them, there's something missing. It's like, they're not a dominant team. They're a good football team and they've won their games. But if you look at the scores of their games, you know, they, they beat air force by 11, New Mexico by 17, San Diego state by 11, New UNLV by 17, Hawaii by 11, Nevada by 10, Boise by 14, all comfortable wins, but they haven't blown anybody out either, which says that they're missing kind of that extra gear that you like to see. And this is a ball state team that I think just kind of was ignored. Like before the max season was very short, but before the season began, I had ball state as like one of my teams to win the conference. Like I, it was between ball state and Buffalo were my two favorites to win it. And, what do you know? They both ended up in the MAC title game and Ball State won. And this is a Ball State team that it kind of flew under the radar because it lost its opener. Like it lost its first game against Miami of Ohio. By one but touchdown. Is, yeah. But like with the MAC season being so short and with Buffalo having been so dominant and Kent, Kent State having such a prolific offense, and you kind of just didn't pay anything like a bit of attention to Ball State. And then they won the rest of their games and they came into that championship game. And I think this is a very, it's not a great team. It's not a dominant team. I think San Jose state's the better football team, but it's a very well-rounded team. Like there's not a glaring weakness with this Cardinals team. Offensively, they're solid. Defensively, they're solid. Special teams, you know, they're solid for a Mac team anyway. And I think that that just kind of lays where I look at the situation you know, you see that number next to San Jose State's name and you see that, you know, the 24, it's in the college football playoff rankings. It's so many times when it comes to these bowl matchups where there's so much more public action, those numbers kind of tilt lines. And I look at the situation and I'm like, yeah, San Jose State is better than Ball State. Is it nearly 10 points better? I don't think so. I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a fun game. And I think the Spartans will win. And I, but I think Ball State is going to stay within range and cover. And as far as the total is concerned, I, I don't know. I don't have a great feeling. I feel like 63 and a half is probably 64 is probably exactly where this game is going to end up. It's going to be like a 34 to 30 kind of game. So I don't have a great lean on the total either side, but I think that I'm definitely going to be on the Ball State side of the spread. I am Absolutely on the Ball State side of things, maybe under, but I do not feel as confident about that as I do with the Ball State. And I've got to say, uh, all they did was like win, like they they lost by one touchdown to Miami of Ohio, but then they beat Eastern Michigan by seven, beat Northern Illinois by six, beat Toledo by three, like beat Western Michigan by three. Like they just. They figured out ways. They figured out ways to get it done. And you mentioned uh, the San Jose State results with all those double-digit wins. They trailed in the second quarter mm-hmm. of the Nevada game, the San Diego State game, and one other. It might have been UNLV. They needed some big-time second-half comebacks to be able to get those wins. So maybe something to keep in mind at halftime. You're looking mm. to make a live wager. Mm. Maybe take a look at that the second half line, and that might be when you want to jump on San Jose State, especially if it's a close game in the first half or if Ball State's winning, especially. And stop the presses. Tom Fernelli is with a Mac team. 
Yeah, it is. It's. I mean, the Mac does not tend to do well in bowl games. Yeah, I know. They. But I understand. I I totally understand. You just you you're like yeah. I know. I know they're good. Just this, this matchup. The spread's too big. Yeah. It's too close of a matchup to be this big. Yep. All right, I'm with you, uh, Ball State. And then uh, we will, after we are done there, um, we can take our attention over to West Virginia and Army in the Liberty Bowl, where in Memphis, a little bit of rain, maybe? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit of rain. Over under at 41. West Virginia minus six and a half. You mentioned on the locks pod, and again, like, our locks, they, they cover all of today's games. You also got Danny and Barton on there. They cover all of January 1 and January 2, those college football playoff semifinals. Make sure you go and get those from the locks pod. You had a really good line about how Neil Brown probably was pretty excited. Like I, I took it as he was excited to be the hero and be like, yes, we, West Virginia, will bring the United States Military Academy into the bowl season. But you seem to think it's because... He likes the matchup. Yeah, this, is, this is a good win for West Virginia. <laughs> like, I just, like, as far as Army is concerned, this is probably, there are some opponents, I mean, most Power 5 teams Army's going to lose to, if we're being blunt. It's just, this is like an awful matchup. Like, if I'm Army, I want to be facing a team that has had problems stopping the run. I don't want to face one of the best run defenses in the country. And West Virginia has been one of the best rush defenses in the country, whether you want to go by the old school yards per carry, or if you want to look at rushing success rate, the Mountaineers are good in all of them. And this is an army team that even by, by its own standards, it hasn't been that good running the ball this year. It has been a substandard army offense. We've seen it go through numerous quarterbacks and have struggled, you know, struggled finding a guy. They've been using a limited playbook due to the inexperience that they have at the quarterback position, which makes them far easier to prepare for because, you know, when you, when you face an option offense, there's a lot of things that go outside the realm of what you typically face as a defense. And there's a lot of different assignments and a lot of different things you have to do but if you know that your opponent is in a position like army where they're really only running a small portion of their playbook and you've been able to watch a couple of tapes of some games you know what's coming at you most of the time and now the question is just going to be whether you can stop it and i think west virginia's got the front seven that can stop it and then also like you mentioned weather wise you know it's going to be windy and it's supposed to be raining through most of this game it's going to be kind of chilly and when it comes to option offense is one of those things that you always have to worry about with all the handoffs and the, you know, the, the mesh points, the pitches, ball control and holding on to the ball is tough in an option offense. You see a lot of option offenses fumble the ball more often than you see other teams do. So now that ball is going to be wet. And I worry about army turnovers in this situation, kind of burying them. So I, I really like West Virginia here. This it's obviously it was one of my locks on the pod. It is the lock of the week in this week's six pack. I'm all over the Mountaineers. It's the only scary part is West Virginia's offense at times does tend to disappear. It's just defensively. So I don't good. think Army's going to be able to stop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say West Virginia's defense is so good that it's like even if you've got a couple three and outs, like even if you've got a couple of uh, limp possessions, uh, I don't know, man. I kind of kind of feel like West Virginia will be able to give the ball right back. I kind of like the over here too. I just think it's too low. Yeah, it's getting lower. It's like okay, if like if it's at forty one and a half, forty one. If this thing gets down to forty, forty and a half, I would be all over the over. Never. He's picking a MAC team and he's taking an over in the forties. 
Tom Fernelli trying out new things. 2020. Open-minded here at the end of uh, 2020 here on the final day. Uh, so, again, to review, you got Tulsa, Mississippi State. Uh, we like the under and maybe lean Tulsa. We got Ball State, San Jose State. Uh Strongest feelings for Ball State and then West Virginia Army, West Virginia, and maybe the over, especially if it continues to drop. He is Tom Fernelli. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. We will be back tomorrow. Get all that sleep out of your eyes. When you've been done partying with Carson Daly at the TRL New Year's Eve on MTV, and uh, we will be getting you set bowl season daily back on Friday. January 1. Tom, thank you very much. Thank you. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.